and you can live in the day. Okay, so we want to get right to it today because I think that the hero's journey is very important. Um, it's important because from moment to moment, we go through the entire heroic journey. All of these stages that Joseph Campbell has laid out is something that, that I think about every day. It's something that entrepreneurs go through. It's something that that everyone, hospital workers, gas station attendants, people who are alive and conscious go through from moment to moment, but they're unconscious of it. And when we become conscious of the hero's journey, we can manipulate our own lives. We can take control over our own lives. We have responsibility, meaning we have power. And that's important. And that's what we're here to talk about. In the last episode, Rokas and I really went through a, a general overview of the entire thing very quickly. And I think it's something that I want to think about more. And so I want to talk about more of it so that I can use more of it. Because what I'm going through, you're probably going through, and everyone can probably relate. So as I advance in life, and as I try to do more things, I know that Rokas is trying to do more things. I know that the listeners are trying to do more things and also trying to understand the things they've done, the things they've been through, and the things they will be up against in the future. That's why I think Man in the Making is so cool. We're all talking about something that's never going to go away. It's not going to get like more clear because the hero's journey comes up again and again and again. And we go through these um, falls and rises, falls and rises over and over again. So, when we're, so let's begin. When we're, not, when we're not going through anything, we're in the, the first stage of contentment, right? There's, there's, there's no conflict. There's no awareness of challenge or, or growth. We're in the status quo. We're enjoying life, whatever. It's not really, I mean, it's nice. Contentment is great. Um, but it's either before the, the call to adventure or after you've been through uh, uh, the entire cycle. Um, maybe you're on vacation. But even then, when you're on vacation, something could come, something could come up again, right? So we naturally go to the call to adventure. And this is where I think is interesting in my philosophy, where the hero's journey happens all the time from moment to moment. Like it's the Peterson um, chaos and order theory and struggle and having to constantly face a new experience all the time. And we can look at some, some, something as mundane or, and painful, or we can look at, at it as profound. Even spilling coffee, right, is something that I use as an example. I mean, it's, it's a pretty simple idea. Do we have to go through the hero's journey as we spill coffee? Well, we can actually like conquer the entire quest in one instant if we immediately recognize contentment inside this conflict, right? And that's the, that's the cheat code to get to the end. 
but this isn't going to happen for most people. For most people, we're going to, to flip through each stage of the hero's journey as we go through individual conflicts. And the, the, the key to perfecting this art of contentment is to quickly go through each stage. And that's realistic. Not, not to just master it and not go through any emotion at all, but to quickly go through um, what we're about to talk about in this next series. But we're going to draw it out so that we can understand each stage as best as we can. Okay, so everything's fine. Nothing's going on. And then all of a sudden, um, there's a challenge, right? And I described this as a conflict, problem, challenge, what else? Something new, right? The, or as you would call uh, the dragon of chaos. An, an, an anomaly is one of my favorite words for this. An anomaly comes up. This happened to me the other day. There was contentment. The RV was parked outside of our home. And the HOA, the, the housing organization that manages the rules of, the, of our property, knocked on our door because we are not allowed to have the RV outside for too long, right? So all of a sudden, everything's fine. And then I'm challenged by a, conf a potential conflict, right? The hero's journey has now manifested itself from nothing, right? And that's how it happens every time. From nothing comes something, just like consciousness. And so I have a choice. And this is where most people are all the time. They have a choice. They're given an opportunity to face a conflict head on. And so Arokas, I remember on the last episode, this was something that stood out to me. You asked what, what isn't answering the call, right? Like, what does it mean when you don't accept it? And what does that look like? And I said, we don't see any meaning in the conflict and we, we refuse to surrender. We refuse to take responsibility and we let our emotions get the best of us. Now, who refuses the call to adventure? People who are feeling fear, hesitation, insecurity, or another reason. Yeah, so who, who does that? Think simply, everyone, yep. everyone, right? We all refuse this, this mystifying call to adventure. We all do that. And in this, in this uh, Campbellian example, the hero initially rejects the call because of fear, hesitation, insecurity, or another reason, perhaps family or friends have suggested otherwise, or you aren't quite ready. You might be afraid of what to expect. Yeah, so fear. So what happens is we, we instantaneously choose between the call or the refusal. And this is what it means to go from like the left to the right brain or the right to the left. Because one side has hope and one side has fear. And so what we want to do, what we want to do is override the protocol that chooses fear with hope. And we want to input hope as the option. Now, this is important for entrepreneurs 
because they're constantly going to be bombarded with um, fear tactics from within the mind, uh, survival instincts. Um, because in entrepreneurship, we we cut everything very close because we're we're letting the universe kind of work itself out. You could have a major deal coming up, a major business negotiation, a major um, incoming client, a major check coming, um, but it may it may be has it uh, may be stalled, may be waiting, may not have arrived yet, right? So we're left with anxiety. So even in business, if something good is happening, it we still can be filled with anxiety because we're waiting for that good to play out. And so here we are. We went from normal everyday life to a challenge or opportunity. And we can either accept the call or refuse it. Now, I think this is a good place to kind of stabilize for this series, for the episode. And say, what are the emotions like going on in us when we can either choose hope or fear? I mean, that's a very difficult thing. Like, that's something I don't want to pass up because that's not something to just brush off. Oh, so, well, I chose okay. Hope. This is where I'll bring in science. I wanted to interrupt because, yeah, before it moves on. So it went something like people are. Um, if, you, if there was a choice, they would rather choose something that has 100% chance of failing than 1% chance of succeeding. Mm. Because there's comfort in that certain outcome, uncertainty. Wait, no, wait, how did I just say that? Yeah, there's, there's certainty in that outcome. But if there's even a slight uncertainty then it just makes you too uncomfortable to choose it i don't know did that make sense yeah i can yeah, try to find sense. it if if it didn't yeah well no that makes total sense instead of something being you know potentially successful even one percent yeah it, yeah sorry for interrupting just wanted to no, no, no. clarify the magnitude i want you to interrupt because i don't know what else to say <laughs> <laughs> but um, isn't that phenomenal? And, and, and man, that's so interesting. So we're too afraid to put something on the line because it may succeed. So it's easier to attempt something that is going to fail because we know it's going to fail. I wonder what an, like an example of that is. Like in trading, sometimes you want to take a much riskier bet because it's either... I don't know. The slow and steady path of constant small successes is exhausting, maybe. It's tiring. So here's one reason why we, when the emotions we go through when a challenge comes up, we don't easily choose hope because it's exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting. And, um, and uncertain. Yeah. Well, we, we get we get exhausted, we get tired. We, maybe we get tired defending ourselves or defending our position. For example, the HOA representative who knocked on our door, that was like the third time that they knocked on our door in the past two months, right? So it's like, I could choose anger. I could choose frustration. 
I could I could sort of stamp stop my feet and and say enough is enough I'm not going to be taken advantage of right and so all these concepts flood into our mind about what could potentially be taking advantage of us instead of choosing the the humble route so so what what I did was as I was going to the door I thought like this is an opportunity to succeed in 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 elegant communication. And here's something I know. This HOA person, number one, is just a normal person. Two, they don't have all the information. Three, if they're willing to listen to me, they can be informed. And once they're informed, we can all come to a much better decision. And so what happened was, is this person was under the influence that under the, um, not influence, maybe. Impression. And they were under the impression, thank you, that, that we were parking it overnight in front of the house. And once he found out that we weren't parking it in front of, uh, overnight, the look on his face was like a totally different person. And so I shook his hand and I said, hi, I'm Raj. We're renting out this unit. It's, it's not going to be here long, but I want to make sure I'm following the rules correctly because we keep getting this type of, this type of correction. And so he said, yeah, it just can't be parked over here at night. And people think it's being parked at night. And I said, oh, okay. So there's been a miscommunication, misunderstanding. And my hope for more communication worked out very well, you know? So now he knows it's not parked here overnight. And every time someone complains, he's gonna be able to have more information and say, actually, they're not parking it there overnight. What they're doing is they're either washing it, cleaning the inside or showing it to the next client. And then they're gonna leave the property within a few hours. So it's no big deal. And now, you know, because I made that decision uh, and didn't choose anger where we could have argued about it and I could have brought up all my insecurities and said, no, I'm an entrepreneur and we've got to take care of the little guy and this and that. And, you know, we pay to live here and everything like that. Instead of getting into all kinds of issues that are unrelated to the current conflict, we, we circumvented all that pain and went straight head on into the conflict with open, openness, humility, um, with hope that there's a solution. And, and the hero's journey really begins here with, with openness, right? Instead of refusing the call to action, the call to adventure, excuse me, in marketing, you have a call to action. Um, Instead of refusing the call, we accept it. We accept the challenge because there's a better outcome on the other end than denying it, which is also called the great lie by avoiding it, pushing it aside and pretending it doesn't exist. It's when we pretend uh, something doesn't exist 
that we really get into trouble. Because in, in Peterson's language, uh, in the chaos and order theory, um, we're sort of letting, letting the lie persist and we're denying uh, and reality. there's cognitive dissonance as well with that, yes. which is a state that the brain does not like to be in. Yeah, so cognitive dissonance, if you've never heard of it listening, <clears throat> it's when you believe in something so deeply that it can be, that thing can be proven wrong based on new information and you defend it still and you still stand up for it and because that ruins while knowing people. while knowing like consciously that it is wrong you still yes. offer it yes. because if you're wrong your whole identity in that thing changes and it's no longer true no longer accurate no longer what you once thought to be real so that's why we don't want to that's why we want to be more fluid we don't want to place our identity in in so many things uh we have to be careful with what we identify with. In other words, we have to and really make sure. It's a survival that, instinct. So yes. in a way, which is why it's so deeply ingrained and why the majority of people have that. And that's why most of us choose fear instead of hope. Because fear is a survival instinct. Hope is very dangerous. Hope could kill us. Uh, and, and hoping that the boat floats on the water could be very dangerous um, or it could lead to one of the greatest things in our lives it could lead to a new invention a new way of doing things um, so yeah that ties into how we're genetically excuse me structured to survive which is fear which also means the instinctive mind it needs food, it needs adequate rest, it needs adequate um, temperature regulation, security, and adequate comfort as well. So part of the hero's journey is defining the hero and what a hero is, and someone who accepts those calls to adventure really is someone who disregards um, safety, comfort, survival. It's, it really has to be someone who's ready to um, completely disregard their instinctive mind, the mind that tries to keep them safe and warm and well-fed. Because accepting hope and accepting the call to adventure is uncomfortable. It's not necessarily safe or secure, and it could lead to problems. It could lead to more problems. But there's something inside you that has to say, I'm, I'm willing to accept the more difficult path or the better outcome in the end. I'm, I'm willing to risk possible failure, catastrophic failure, for a greater vision. And we don't have to think about inventing a new type of vehicle or, you know, uh, the Wright brothers inventing flight, you know, and small, small plane flight. We can think of 
our own day-to-day happiness and, and how we choose to be. One of the greatest things we can test this is with traffic. Traffic is huge because we all drive for the most part. And traffic is one of the ways we can test out how we control our emotions. Because every time we drive, we're faced with the different opinions and styles and characteristics of every other driver on the road. We're exposed to chaos. We're exposed to potential anomalies and uh, conflicts and challenges and opportunities, all that good stuff. So every time we drive, we are, uh, we are broadcasting our number out there for the call to adventure. And it's going to ring. It's going to, it's going to happen. The call to adventure is going to arise. And a lot of times in traffic, we get upset. We judge other people for going too fast, following us too closely, going past us too quickly, and being too irrational or um, unstable. And um, we pretend and project that we know what the other person is thinking, or we think for them, and um, our emotions are no longer in our control, and we have a superior position, and that we're right and they're wrong, right? So basically, every time we drive and start to judge other people, we refuse the call. That is a survival mechanism. We cho- we're choosing fear because love and hope are not in fear. They're in openness, humility, conscientiousness, agreeableness, and hope, hopefulness. And here's a quick quote for me to, to add some value, I guess. Uh, okay it's not the final destination that is important but the path that leads to it easy path leads to weakness hard path leads to strength who said that someone i know (laughs) oh like a friend of yours or just someone i know yeah and you wrote it down no it's written down because there was a question in a group of why have you decided to undertake this journey when there are easier paths you could have taken? Ah. And yeah, I was going through some of the replies and that was one of them I quite liked. Nice. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Wait, say it again for everyone. It's not the final destination that is important, but the path that leads to it. Easy paths lead to weakness. Hard paths lead to strength. Yeah. Yeah. And so what is that? That's exhausting. That's exhausting. Thinking that the easy path leads to weakness. Now I would say that's a little extreme, but at the same time, with an easy path, we don't really challenge. There's no way to grow. Yeah. Yeah. We don't really grow. And there's nothing wrong with that. Occasionally we don't want to, we don't want to uh, reinvent the wheel here. Okay. We, we do want to make some things easy. Copy and paste is a thing on a computer because it is efficient. And we don't want to retype things just because we don't like the easy way. Right? Very nice analogy. Yeah, so there's a balance. Thank you. Um, there's definitely a balance with, and, and this is the my argument against the Goggin philosophy. Like, oh, 
everything has to be extremely difficult or you know you have to suck it up and 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 just push and push and push and until your your knees and ankles blow out and you have to go to the hospital for three days and i don't really subscribe to that all the time i think that's okay sometimes and um, part of learning that balance is experiencing the call to adventure experiencing hope and seeing how it goes and sometimes hope um, hurts us and sometimes um, people equate this call to adventure to new relationships and they get into a new relationship with someone because they let their guard down they experience they try to experience love and they open up to someone and then all of a sudden their heart gets broken or someone goes into hope they accept the call to adventure they start a new business and the business fails or they they do a new routine they try to change something somehow and it fails right and that's going to put a negative impression in our mind. So what happens is we, we disregarded the survival mechanism and it went against us. And instead of, instead of an outcome we expected of success, we ended up getting hurt. Now, the real point of that is the the potential failure can leave a negative impression in our mind to be recreated in the future so that we lean towards fear for every other um, call to adventure and challenge. But the reality is there isn't really a failure so much in my philosophy. And I think even uh, an unexpected outcome or an anomaly can be learned from. We can, we can learn something from that. So in a relationship, look, they're all not going to go according to plan. And so we can't treat um, an ended relationship as a failure. We have to treat the attempt at a new relationship as a success and a growth opportunity. And usually you learn something about yourself and other people every time you go into a new relationship. You have to look at it like that or else what's the survival mechanism? What's the opposite of not engaging in new relationships? Or, I mean, there's also the thing where you can engage in new relationships without having learned from previous. Yes, yes. And, and people are stuck in that loop as well. Right, because they're engaging in new relationships for the wrong reason. Yeah, so two things can be true at once. We can go into new relationships for the wrong reason, or we can be fearful of new relationships because we feel like we've always had the right reason. Or we can go and learn from them and be better, or we can go and not learn from them and be hurt, or we can be hurt thinking that we're the ones that learn something and they're the ones that did it. I mean, all of these scenarios are true. The key is to, to keep trying them out because eventually we're going to learn what the reason is that we're going into them and whether that's right for us or not. 
and we're going to grow some way or another. And not everybody, not everybody will, will go through this, but if you're listening to this show and if you're listening this long, I mean, you're definitely part of a population that will learn from experiences. There's no question about that. So a lot of people who are unconscious to the hero's adventure, the, the, this, this, this journey, um, they're going through loops that usually end with one, two, and three. They're in status quo. They have a call to adventure and they refuse the call. And then, then, then back to status quo. So status quo is um, also, you know, projecting that you already know enough and everything else is wrong. So in a way, it's just the coping mechanism that you think you're content. That's why we have to be very careful with contentment. If we feel that we've arrived, as the monks used to say, we may... Then you may just be rejecting the call to adventure. Yes. yes. And I did that for years. I did that for years when it came to self-reflection uh, and growth. I was a narcissist for two or three years in Hawaii, in the monastery training. And before that, growing up in high school, I was a bit of a narcissist. So um, I rejected everything because I didn't think I was wrong. I didn't even know that there was an adventure to, to, that would call upon me. I thought I was like the whole adventure. I thought I knew everything. Okay, so accepting the conflict as meaningful, potentially meaningful, and, and, and switching fear to hope requires um, an innocence, a, a type of spontaneous um, attitude that you may uh, not actually know what's going on. You may be wrong. You may be wrong, but you don't know yet. You have no idea or you lack sufficient knowledge to orient yourself in the world as you are now. So you must approach not so much with fear and trepidation, but with childlike curiosity. That's a hallmark of a hero. They want to know as much as they can from everyone and from anything. And anything can be their teacher and teach them something. And that's how we break out of the cycle of, of the call to the refusal. That's where we accept the call every single time, every single time it comes up. You know, it, our learning almost never reaches a peak. We, there is something else because there is someone else from, with another frame of mind coming at it with this new perspective. And so when we close ourselves off is when we regularly refuse the decision for hope and fear. And we close ourselves off from either a narcissistic perspective of us knowing everything 
um, an insecure perspective or under uh, a lack of self-confidence, meaning we know nothing and we cannot know anything more because we aren't good enough, or self-preservation. We've been hurt so many times, we cannot possibly survive another mistake. And we, we've, we see here now that hope and fear in these beginning stages of the hero's journey really dictate everything that we do, hope and fear. It's, it's, it's why I don't want to pass this opportunity up. It's everything else is, is also profound and it's beautiful. The rest of the stages are very good. But this first part is really an expansion. It can be expanded on into everything that we do. Raising children, getting new jobs, walking outside, approaching people, going to the bank, filling up our car with fuel, buying a house, renting an apartment, buying new clothes, buying food at the grocery store, attempting a new skill, scrolling through our phone. There's like nothing, nothing is without this, this perfect dichotomy of, of hope and fear. And we, we should reflect on that. We should definitely think about that for a long time after hearing this. Is what I'm doing rooted in hope or is it rooted in fear? And it never goes away. And to me, that is the representation of sort of these first stages of the hero's journey. And if we choose hope, we go to the rest of the journey. If we choose fear, we end up back with who we were when this all started. No change, no growth, no new knowledge. I think that's I think that's perfect for now. I had a thought, but I don't know how to phrase it. Ooh, just try. Start in chunks and then the rest of it will come. I will mention eight biological desires that humans are basically programmed to have. Mm. So be conscious of these when you're making a decision because a desire is a type of tension you feel when a need isn't met. So there's a tension and you get desire and then you need to take action to satisfy the desire. And okay, I'll just, I'll just say what they are. So first is survival, enjoyment of life and life extension. Second, enjoyment of food and beverages. Third, freedom from fear, pain, and danger. Fourth, sexual companionship. Fifth, comfortable living conditions. Sixth, to be superior slash winning. Seventh, care and protection of loved ones. Eighth, social approval. So keep these in mind when, when you feel like there's an 
action you need to make to satisfy one of those desires and whether that action is rooted in fear of not satisfying that desire if that makes sense mm -hmm. i don't know thoughts on that rush was yeah i mean those are that is a great um meta breakdown of of the survival mechanisms and, and those eight things really define what it is to survive um at a core level that that definitely 100 and i can also i was as you were saying that imagining what it feels like to supersede those things right like number eight social acceptance i think it was yeah social approval i mean that social approval that's huge that's massive in 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 the call to adventure for the hero huge why right because every time we make some kind of new decision what do we not have usually we don't have social approval it's like uh are you sure about that and then all of a sudden we're filled with doubt because the social mirror or our circle didn't positively reflect our intentions and our expectations. And that's going to be a common occurrence in choosing a different path than most people. I get that all the time with stocks. Why? Because I believe the statistic is 90 to 95% of traders fail. So what am I going to experience when I encounter someone and talk about stocks i'm probably going to experience someone who failed at it or gave up which is probably more accurate someone who just stopped because it was too fearful uh, not this is a very good point yeah yeah they were too fearful to keep going because the pain of losing money superseded the hope of making money and what but you have to learn, not just in trading, but in all new endeavors that are that require extraordinary ability, is that loss is a part of the game. It's a part of the package. And statistically speaking, um, a good winning strategy in life, in some kind of project, it comes with some loss. And you have to... Um, have some kind of loss calculation, some kind of um, plan for that loss. And uh, businesses and corporations and boards and, and strategic planners, all everyone has a calculation for loss, right? What happens if this doesn't work and what do we do in that scenario? And what do we do with the loss that we're gonna incur from this and how do we make up for that, right? How do we hedge our bet? And that's just a part of uh, project management. It's a part of strategy is to incur losses and plan for those losses. And risk management is number one in, in, in a lot of new endeavors. Um, one of the biggest uh, divisions of advanced air mobility at NASA is crash worthiness, right? The entire division is dedicated to the the new airplane or drone, right? The new aircraft crashing. And they, they talk about 
crashing on a regular on a daily basis when it crashes not if when it crashes what happens how badly are the people injured or do they survive um, and, and we can't move forward until we're talking about um, survival and then what do we do after the, the crash with the survivors and how badly is it you know because you can't take a product to market unless there's a, a high percentage of, of non-fatality and with your example another thing i extracted from it is when you mentioned 95 percent of traders lose money so make sure you're taking advice from the right people because just using that statistic only one out of 20 traders are actually making a profit so everything that's circulating i say online yeah. all the information you need to know make sure you know who you're listening to as in mm, did i say yeah. that right yeah 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 uh, make sure you're listening to the right people just statistically even and if since we're now business related as well make sure you're taking entrepreneurship advice from the right people who mm -hmm. are in that position and are succeeding mm -hmm. and that yeah. will be also relating to what we'll probably talk about next episode because part of the hero's journey is discovering a mentor or something similar yeah that leads into that very well and that, that's why i um i stopped using uh twitter during trading hours i had a financial circle that were trade of traders that helped um and uh, i found out that i was actually doing better and could could make better decisions on my own in on my own uh knowledge and, and skill than what I was than what I was reading because you can't you can't take someone's perspective you have to gain your own perspective um, and then you can act with confidence if you just if someone gave you a business proposal and you were like well since you're so confident I'll just go with it uh, you, you, you can't possibly have the same amount of confidence that they do. You'll, you'll have some self-doubt. You won't perform like you perform when you have confidence because you haven't done the research that they have. So even if you have a partner or have a business uh, relationship or, or a project coming up and it's someone else's job to research something and execute, you should still do your due diligence so that you have the same amount of confidence. Um, and if the if the the moving if there's too many moving parts and everything is so big that you don't you know it's not your job to research someone else's um, position, then you've got to make sure that you've got someone that you trust. Right, that person has to be someone who's making decisions that are aligned with uh, the way you think too. And business partnerships are very difficult because we all think so differently. So establishing the right mentor, establishing the right business partner, uh, that's huge. That's a, that's a big, that's a big thing. So more on that next episode for sure. Yep. Well, excellent. Thank you, everyone. Okay. Rogas is editing in this post and requires a new ending. I mean... <laughs>
<laughs> just the simple thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you with another episode next week continuing the hero's journey oh, very nice thank you Rogas. <laughs>